That'll get you fired up. He just came for me. He came for me. Does does that do anything for you tonight? At all? At all? I don't know. I mean, I I know. I do understand we just got done over these last couple of days eating a lot of food. Okay? And I told the choir before we came out, hey, we're not going to blame this thing on a food coma. We've got to be ready to go. And uh, I don't want you out there falling asleep on me because you you ate a couple extra Coney dogs at Grandma's house on Sunday night. Mm, Those were good. Or the all the ham on Tuesday at Graham Graham's, Grandma Johnson. Mm, man, some good food over the, these last couple of days. But that's all right. We're here at church tonight, and we're going to have a good time. We're going to have a great time. Uh, that song was wonderful. That song was amazing. I'm thankful that he came for me. I am thankful for that. Where would we be? I think I, I feel like I say this all the time, and uh, it, that's good, though. Where would we be? without Jesus Christ and what He did for us on the cross. Oh, we can't forget that. 
We cannot forget that. Let's go to Luke. Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2 tonight. Um, kind of sticking with it just for one more service. Uh, just wanted to make Sarah, my wife, happy. Uh, Brad came in this morning and said, well, Christmas is over. And uh, Sarah didn't like that very much. That didn't make her too happy. Not yet. All right, so I'm going to stick here for at least one more service in Luke chapter 2 and just read a few verses here from 25 through 35. Luke chapter 2, we'll start in verse 25 and we'll read down through verse 35. The Bible says, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people. A light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel. And for a sign which shall be spoken against, yea, a sword shall pierce through thy own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Let's pray. Father, we come to you. And Lord, we are just thankful for the opportunity that we have just to come to your house and worship and praise your holy name. God, an opportunity now to be able to open up your word. God, I just ask that you be with me and you give me the words to say. Lord, I just want to honor and glorify you with all the things that I say and do in these next few moments. God, just help us all to get something from your word. It is a powerful book. Lord, we want you to show up tonight. If you do not show up, we will have wasted our time. God, please bless this time. Be with us. Meet with us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I just want to share with you just a few quick points this evening from this short passage of Scripture, a portion of Scripture that I enjoy, that I like very much. And uh, it, it is sad for me. I do. I love the holidays. And I know technically the holidays aren't over. I love Christmas. I love Christmas a lot. I enjoy spending time with family. I am thankful for the family that I do have. Uh, for, the, for the family that I can spend time with and understanding and realizing that not everyone has it as good as I do. And I have to remember that. I think of the fact that, that I have uh, two grandparents over there, two grandparents over there. I'm 26 years old. I am blessed. I have some parents here that are sitting in this auditorium uh, that have stayed faithful through the years. And uh, I am proud of them. I love them very much. God is so good to me. And how many of us could say the same thing in this room? God is so good to us. We have so much to be thankful for. We have so much to be excited about. God is so very good to us. I'm thankful for the Bible. I'm thankful for this portion of Scripture. And I want to jump right into things. I don't want to take much time. We're going to move quick tonight. I'm not sure how long this is going to take. That big clock staring at me back there. We're going to move right along. I'm not worried about what that clock says. We're just going to go as the Lord leads. 
Uh, it, <laughs> I mean that in a good way, and I know Mr. Juergen said, preach on, that's fine. I didn't mean I was going to go all night or anything. I think this will be quick. We'll see how that goes. So, number one, number one, we see what this man, Simeon, is famous for. We see what he is famous for. And uh, we understand that uh, God told him, he let him know, hey, before you go, before you're out, you're going to have an opportunity to see the Lord's Christ. You're going to see this baby Jesus. We understand that. I do enjoy reading through that first verse that I read in verse number 25. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem. That's good. There was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout. Just and devout. Waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. Oh, how I hope. I want it to be said of me. Not for a pat on the back, not for praise and glory, but can, can you imagine what a testimony that is? What a testimony. What kind of testimony do we have before our friends and family? What kind of testimony do we have before co-workers? The people we come in contact with on a daily basis. What kind of testimony? What are we known for? We see what he is famous for. He's a just and devout man. We see that he was willing to wait on God and the Holy Ghost was upon him. You know, a name, a name is a powerful thing. And I feel that we've lost that a little bit in this day and age in which we live. I was brought up, I was taught that my last name meant something. That that was important. And my actions, the way that I acted would determine how the world would view my name. Not just me as an individual, but my entire family who wore that same name. The same can be said not just of my last name, but the fact that I am a child of the King. I am a child of God. I am a Christian, and I should be Christ-like. And as I go through this wicked world... What do they see? What do they see? What kind of testimony do I have before the world? You say, oh, you shouldn't worry about what they think. Just worry about what God thinks. We'll get there in just a moment. However, the way that the world views my God a lot of times has to do with the way that I act and the testimony that I have. And I don't want them to view my God, who is perfect and holy, in a negative way. Because of something, something perhaps I have said or something that I have done. No doubt, I'm sure there's some of you in this room tonight, all of us here, we've gathered tonight, and perhaps you have a favorite Bible character. Sometimes that's hard. Sometimes it's hard to grab just one. There's so many good Bible characters. Uh, maybe you have a, a favorite. Maybe you have one that just jumps off the pages at you. You've, you've just uh, always loved this one Bible character. Who has a favorite Bible character? Just raise your hand. You've got a favorite? favorite I, I know of one right now. It's just As soon as you said that, it came to mind. Okay, on the count of three, I'm going to count to three, and I want everyone to shout out that one that came to mind. Your favorite Bible character. And one, two, three. Okay, very good. 
That's really good. Way to go. Someone's trying to jump out there a little bit, be a little louder, and that's always good. I heard a couple of um, Shamuas. I heard a couple of... Uh, hold on a second. Let me think. I heard a couple of uh, Shaphat and uh, Agal and Oshea. And I heard a couple of uh, Paul Pease and Gadil and Gaddy and Emil, uh, Sether. I mean, I heard a lot of these names, and that's impressive. I really, I was thinking, I was thinking, you know, Paul, perhaps, Moses, David. I heard a Job. I know I heard that one, but I, you guys kind of, that, that's impressive. I don't actually, honestly, I didn't hear any of those names. All right? Those are a little off the wall. But they're in there. Does anyone know where they're at? Who are those names? Let's go to um, let's go to Numbers. Numbers chapter thirteen. As soon as you get there, you'll go. Oh yeah, I know. I knew that. Numbers chapter thirteen. We see a handful of names. There's a couple of names in this portion of Scripture that jump off the page at us that we're extremely familiar with. But the rest of those that I just named a moment ago, we don't quite remember. They don't just ring out at us. They're not so familiar. The Bible says in Numbers 13, verse number 1, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel, of every tribe of their fathers shall ye send a man, every one, a ruler among them. And Moses, by the commandment of the Lord, sent them from the wilderness of Paran. All those men were heads of the children of Israel. So we understand what's going on here. As they go in, uh, Moses is sending in uh, some spies. They're, they're, they're going to spy out the land. They're going to check it out. They're going to see what it's all about. And we knew these men. However, there's a couple of men that jump out at, at you just a little bit. And, and I am proud to say that one of them, at least, for sure, has a pretty awesome name. Pretty awesome name. Joshua. That's a good one. Joshua and Caleb. We know those names. Not just because of me and my brother. We didn't, we didn't start it off. Not at all. We see those names here in the Bible. Why don't, we, why don't we remember the rest? Why don't they jump off the page at us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I know. Uh, Gadil and uh, Emil. Why don't we remember those names? You see, Joshua and Caleb, they were in this group. But so, there's something just a little different. Those two, in this account, they, for some reason, believed They believed God. God said, that land is your land. The others went in and they saw the land and then they saw something inside the land that was very scary. There's giants in the land. They didn't believe that that land was their land. Joshua and Caleb, they had faith to believe that what God said would be, would be. A name is a powerful thing. I just wonder, wonder if it would have just, if the, the scripts would have been flipped. If perhaps it was Gadil and Emil who believed that that land was their land. 
Maybe it wouldn't have been Joshua and Caleb that, that everyone is so familiar with. Those names have stood the test of time because they had faith in God. They had faith in God. Do we have faith in God today? Do we believe God can? Do we believe God will? Do you believe that God can protect your home and your family when there's giants in the land? Do you believe that God can do something magnificent with this church in this city? Do you believe? Do you believe that God can? Do you believe that God will? Oh, God is so powerful. And we see how these names have stood the test of time. So many others, they have been forgotten because they just did not believe. We need God on our side. God is the one who will protect. God is the one. We, what are you known for today? In this room, I think about it. I, just, just today, I went to, uh, went to therapy, and I am thankful that early on, one of the first weeks that I went, my shoulder is getting better every day, and I'm glad. I, I, I'm thankful that I talked about church that first day that I went. Because you know what has happened every single time that I, go, that I have gone back? The guy who's working with me asks about our church every single time. And there's someone there going through therapy with me, a different person it seems, every single time. And I get to talk about Community Baptist Temple every single time. And that, and that small group of people... I am known for that one that goes to church or that is a part of Community Baptist Temple. But can that be said of me everywhere I go? That I am a Christian, that I am a child of God, that I love Jesus. Is Jesus the first thing that comes off of our lips? Or, or does it, is it so much easier to talk about sports? Is it so much easier to talk about politics? Is it so much easier to talk? You fill in the blank. Too often Jesus gets pushed to the back row. What are we known for? What are we known for today? I, I, I took uh, a few moments and looked up a few, uh, what are they called, uh, tombstones. And I like reading things on, on tombstones. Tombstones, they're, they're written down about people maybe hundreds of years ago. I find that interesting. I just, I enjoy that. Uh, you say that's a little weird. That's okay. That's all right. Uh, I remember going on activities with uh, my, my parents before, and we would end up at a, a graveyard every once in a while, and just, you'd look for the oldest ones, or you'd look for the craziest thing that is said, and so ever since then, I've always kind of been uh, just, I, I look it up, I, I like to read about it, and, and I have one here, maybe, it took, a, it took a, a moment when I read this name, I didn't recognize it first, but uh, on his tombstone, um, Mel, Mel Blank, I think is how it's pronounced, while his name may not be a household one, his voice certainly is, leading to the nickname of Man of a Thousand Voices. For voice actor Mel Blanc, heard in homes to this day, Blanc was the man behind the, characters, the character voice of the likes of Bugs Bunny, Porky Pig, Daffy Duck, Tweety Bird, and many others. His nickname, along with his most famous line of That's All Folks, are inscribed on his tombstone after his 1989 death. Hey, I've heard that. You've probably heard that. I, when I read the story, I remember... Okay, I know who that is. That's all, folks. You know? Right? But can you imagine... And I don't want to put him down in any way, shape, or form, but you, you, you have a date 
a dash, and a date. That dash represents your life. And underneath that dash is, that's all, folks. That's what you are known for. That's it. That's what that dash represents. Here's, here's two names that I recognized. Laurel and Hardy. Partners in comedy. During their lives, the actor-comedian pair of uh, Stan Laurel and Oliver Hardy, known as simply Laurel and Hardy, continued that bond in death. The first of the two uh, to pass, Oliver Hardy's tombstone notes, a genius of comedy. His talent brought joy and laughter to the world. Laurel's tombstone echoed the statements, in other words, stating, a master of comedy, his genius in the art of humor brought gladness to the world he loved. Made a lot of people laugh. And that's what they were known for. That dash in between those two dates for making people laugh. That's what they were known for. Here's one, and I just threw this in there. Bill Kugel. This was it. He never voted for Republicans and had little to do with them. That's what he was known for. That's what was placed on his tombstone. Never voted for Republicans and had little to do with them. That's what he is known for. That's what he had inscribed on that tombstone. Some of us, young, others maybe perhaps a little older, what are you known for today? What will you be known for a hundred years from today? We see a man who lived thousands of years ago. And we know what he is remembered for. We know what he's famous for. He's just, devout. He waited on God. He was filled with the Holy Ghost. What are we famous for? Number two, we see that he was found faithful. Let's read verse 26. Let's go back to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2 and verse number 26. And it says, And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple... And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people. He waited. He waited and he waited. He was found faithful. We see what he was famous for. Number two, we see that he was found faithful. Will we be found faithful? In the end, you see, in the good times and in the bad times. And it can go both ways. It's not always... We talk about how it would be so much easier to be faithful to God if, if all, there were no health problems, if the bank account was full. You know... I'm not very old, but sadly enough, I have seen it time and time again. Actually, the better it gets, sometimes it's easier just to stray off just a bit. Because all of a sudden, we start to feel 
We start to believe that what we're doing is actually working. And it's not the God who saved us. It's not the God who takes care of us. We must remain faithful in the good times and in the bad times. You know what? We need today, we need some husbands and some wives that are going to remain faithful in the good times and in the bad times. We need some moms and dads who are going to remain faithful. I've talked about it before in my class. We've talked about this statistic before, but right now, and this goes back a couple of years. I don't even know what, what, what it is right now. This goes back a couple of years ago. We mentioned one statistic. Right around that seven to eight year mark, that's when the marriages start to go. That's when they start to break up. That's when they're done. That's when the divorce happens. The average marriage lasts about eight years. And that was a couple of years ago. Eight years. That's not very good. You know, it's, it's not very good at all because maybe some of you, maybe some of you have worked, I've seen it, in the bus ministry. And you have seen the result of those split homes. A mom who's gone astray. A dad who's left them. And you see the result. You see where it's at. You see how those children are hurting. How they are in need. How it affects the whole. We need some mom and dads that are going to stay faithful. Staying faithful. Like, like Joseph. Joseph was found faithful in a pit. Joseph was found faithful in prison. I talk about it all the time. We are able... Thankfully, we can read this book cover to cover. We know the beginning and we know the end. We know what the end result is. And it's easy for us to say, keep going, Joseph. You know how it's going to turn out. It's going to be great. He doesn't know. He doesn't know how, it, how the story is going to end. He doesn't realize he's going to be exalted, second in command. He doesn't understand. He doesn't realize. He doesn't see the end result. But he stayed. He remained faithful to the God he loved. we got to stay faithful. What about Job? Job lost so much. So many so near and dear to him. Yet it remained faithful. In the midst of, of depression, Job remained faithful to the God he served, the God he loved. What about Solomon? Solomon and his great riches. So wise. Will we remain faithful? Faithful. Can you imagine? Can you imagine for just a moment, Simeon, all those years, understanding, I realized what God said. I was going to get to see this baby Jesus, but I'm not so sure anymore. I'm getting pretty old. I'm getting pretty old. I don't think this thing's really going to happen. He remained faithful. He didn't quit. He did not give up. I think of two right now. And, and very, very near and dear to me. And I, I could mention a whole bunch of you sitting in this auditorium. But Brad and I, we did. We stopped by and saw Mrs. Niger this afternoon. And she mentioned how she and Mr. Niger have been married for 64 years. 64 years. And I said, oh... That is an encouragement to me, Mrs. Knight. You don't understand the impact that has on my life. And she says, I hope I've been a good testimony to so many younger that, have, that are going on after me now. I hope I've been a good testimony. She says, there's been times where I've gotten a little upset and been tempted to say things I shouldn't have said. 
But I, I hope, I hope I was a good testimony. Sixty-four years. Sarah and I, we're in the middle of four years. <laughs> and you know what? Some of those things that can seem so big, this is just the worst ever. This marriage is on the rocks. What are we going to do? It's not that big. It's good to be able to look at some of you who have been married and stayed faithful for all these years. To realize they get a little difficult. And I'm, I'm exaggerating. It hasn't been that bad. It's actually been pretty amazing. Pretty awesome. But you know what? Life comes our way for each and every single one of you. Life comes at us. And if we're not careful, we can overreact. And it's good for some of us young folks, and there's a number of us in here, and I think of my class, and we meet every Sunday morning. There's a good group of us. It's good for us to be able to look at some of you who have remained faithful for the, throughout the years. That it's possible. I don't care what the statistics say. It doesn't have to end that way. This thing can happen. Marriage, it can be a success. It can be wonderful. It can be sweet. It doesn't have to be what the world says. And you know what? We don't have to fall out of love. I heard someone say that the other day. We've just fallen out of love. And I, well, we'll have to just part ways now. Oh, man, that went through me. I just, we can be faithful. But you know what? The Nigers, for as long as I can remember now, they've been faithful to God's house. They've been faithful in church. That marriage to last the way that it has through the difficulties that they have been through, far greater than anything Sarah and I have seen, they were faithful to someone that could make a difference. You may be going through something very big today, something that I don't understand, something that I can't comprehend, but God does. And God is the one that's going to make the difference in your home, with your children, in your family, in this church. God's got to be at the center of it all. Famous for, we understand what He's famous for. We see that He's found faithful. And then finally, we see, and I enjoy this, I love this thought, we see the fantastic finish. The fantastic finish. Can you imagine? Waiting all of that time, getting up in years, God said, you're going to see Him. You're going to see Him. Just stay faithful. Can you imagine in that moment, him picking up that baby Jesus and looking at him face to face. There he is. This isn't any ordinary little baby. This is the Son of God. This is the one that is going to wash all our sins away. This is the one, the only one, the way, the truth, and the life. This is baby Jesus. And there he Got to pick up that baby. Look at Jesus there face to face. Can you imagine that day? Can you imagine that day? Yes, it's been difficult perhaps. There's been some difficult days. Perhaps there have been days you've wanted to quit. You've wanted to get give in. Give up. But remember, there's going to be a fantastic finish. That day when you too get to step up in heaven... And look at Jesus face to face.
Oh, what a day that will be. What a day that will be when we can see Jesus. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Oh, it may get difficult. It may get a little tough. But it will be worth it all. 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Let's go there. Almost done. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Verses 6 through verse 8, the Bible says, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. We must, we must remain faithful because there is a fantastic finish. I was, I was watching not too awfully long ago. They, 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 they were showing on the news the New York Marathon. New York Marathon, a marathon 26.2 miles. It's a long way. Never ran one of those before. Maybe do it someday. They showed, they showed the winner. First American woman in over 40 years won this race. And they show her crossing the finish line. And she crosses that finish line and she looks strong. She looks pretty tough. Like she, she's good to go. She could have just kept on going another 26. That's the way it looked. And then not long after they interviewed her and she talked about how, wow, her legs were on fire. She was in some serious pain. Many times during that race, she was tempted to quit, tempted to give up. But she kept going. She thought of all the times that she was training. All the hours she put into this thing, into this race. She just kept going. She was not going to quit. She was not going to give up. And you could just see the look on her face when she crossed that finish line. Oh, what an amazing day that was. Not just because she finished in first place, but she had been working for, she had been striving for that finish line. And finally, there it was. Two hours and 26 minutes it took her. She was booking. That is fast. That's unbelievable. But not just her. I think of all of the men and women that finished that race. Yeah, they didn't come in first place, but they finished that race. That's a long race. That's a lot of work represented. For me, I see that. When they crossed that finish line, that didn't happen overnight. That's a lot of work. That's a lot of effort. And they say one of the most difficult times in that race is when you're going through and you feel like you're doing okay and you're tempted to just kind of take a break. You're tempted just for a moment. You're not going to quit. You actually feel like you're doing okay. You're just going to take a little breather. You're going to sit down on one of them park benches. And they say if you sit down, it's over. If you sit down, it's done. You don't have a chance. you just got to keep going. You've got to power through. And in this day and age in which we live, there is wickedness abounding. It's all around us. If, 
at some point we feel like, I'm doing all right. I'm just going to sit down and relax for a moment. We are done. We've got to keep going. We've got to fight this fight. Do not quit. Do not give up. Don't take a breather because Jesus is there with you each and every step of the way. When you don't think he's there with you, he's there with you. He's right by your side. Don't ever forget it. Don't listen to what the devil says. He's going to lie to you. He's going to lie straight to your face. He wants you to quit. He wants you to give up. He doesn't want there to be another Mr. and Mrs. Niger. He doesn't want that. He wants you to sit down and take a breather. Just sit down for a couple of minutes. It'll be just fine. We don't have time. We don't have time to take a breather. There's a world lost and dying and going to a devil's hell. There are young people who are quitting and giving up because they have no one and nothing to look up to. We need some men and women to stay faithful. We need some teenagers in school, public school, it's possible, to stay faithful. It doesn't matter what your friends have done. It doesn't matter where your friends have been. You can stay faithful. You can see victory. Each and every single one of us. We have a perfect example in Simeon. We have a better example in Jesus Christ, who has been faithful, who's always been there for us when we need Him. When we're tempted to quit, when we're tempted to give up, we're weak and we're hurting, we're in pain, don't feel like we can go anymore, we can lean on Jesus. Remember, remember that fantastic finish. That moment when you'll be able to look into Jesus' eyes face to face. There He is. All of that hard work. All of that effort. That time spent in God's Word. Those hours spent knocking those doors. Witnessing. Sharing the Gospel. Sharing Jesus Christ with others. It's not in vain. We are not wasting our time. There is a fantastic finish. Father, we come to You. Lord, We are so thankful for your goodness and grace and mercy in our lives. God, help us to remain faithful. When so many of us around us are falling, when they are quitting, giving up, God, help us. Help us here, this family, Community Baptist Temple, help us 